Morning, church. Wow, that song kind of uh, resonated. Rodney, I can't believe you even had to get the pitch for that. I figured it was just ingrained in your system. So, uh, I kept looking for 728B, though. In the old songbook, it was 728B. You know, you know you've been in church a long time when you, uh, you know, we would play a game, you just throw out a number. Oh, yeah, that's 728B. We just, we just knew where they were. And then we got new songbooks, but uh, we still know the songs. We may not know the numbers, so what are you doing so close? You're messing me up. So, I'm watching you. Hey, we're, uh, we're not even two weeks away from Acapella Classic. I call them Acapella Geezers. But I think Acapella is on to something, so instead of Senior Saints, we need to call them Classic Saints. We have a classic saints ministry. On Friday night, March 7, Rodney and what I call some of the geezers, I, I heard Rodney sing about 30 years ago, pretty close, 83, 84, 85, um, Rodney and Keith Lancaster. So if you've ever, if you heard them then, uh, you'll want to come on that Friday night, 7.30. It'll be great. You, you better get here to get a seat. You just have to say acapella classic and people show up. And uh, that's less than two weeks away, so I hope you're making plans to be here for that. We're in a series called Next Steps, and we're trying to take steps necessary to be fully devoted Christ followers. And I keep referring to a survey that they uh, surveyed 80,000 people, 200 churches, so that's a few folks. And they asked them this question, what's the most important thing you want from your church And one of the top answers was, challenge me to grow and take the next step in my spiritual life. So we're looking at next steps. As a matter of fact, our vision statement, helping people grow into fully devoted Christ followers, challenge me to grow and take the next step in becoming a fully devoted Christ follower. So we've been illustrating it this way. If Regardless of where you are, if you're a new Christian, young Christian, if you're a 50-year-old Christian, you need to become a fully devoted Christ follower. So we're just kind of illustrating it this way. There are some steps that you can take to be a more fully devoted Christ follower. You'll never get there. You will never arrive. I hope you never arrive. Just because Paul said, I keep pressing on. And he he was an apostle. So here's what we're going to do today. Let me tell you about the Empire State Building. Anybody ever been to the Empire State Building? Wow. Anybody ever been in the Empire State Building? Well, let me tell you um, some fun facts about the Empire State Building. It was the tallest building for 40 years. The tallest building in the world for 40 years. It took one year and 45 days to build. It cost $24.7 million. With the property, it cost $40.9 million. It took 7 million man hours to build. I saw some neat pictures of, you know, the crane way up in the sky with this beam and all the guys sitting there eating lunch on the beam, you know, hundreds of floors up. Very cool. There's 6,500 windows. If you need a job as a window washer, wow. Just when you get done, it's time to start over. There's 17 million feet of telephone wire servicing the Empire State Building. That's cool. Check this out. It has its own zip code. One building has its own zip code because of how many businesses and people are in there. There are 102 floors. There are 73 elevators. So from the street to the 102nd floor, there's 1,860 steps. 
Best I could tell from research, if you walk a mile, that's about, on average, 2,000 steps. So when the doctors tell you you need to walk 10,000 steps a day, that's five miles for your health. You need to walk five miles. But if you want to get from the street to the 102nd floor, 1,860 steps. Let me give you some good news today. We're talking about next steps. If you want to be right with God, you don't have to take 1,860 steps. There are steps that you can take to be right with God. As a matter of fact, there's just one step. It's a step of faith. It's a step of obedience. It shows your allegiance. You declare Christ, and that step is baptism. So our next step that we're looking at is baptism. So I'm going to go through a series of questions today. I'm going to ask questions that people have asked me. I'm going to ask questions that you might be asking. I'm going to ask questions that your children might be asking you. And I want to say this. Obviously, we've got folks in this room who have been baptized. We've got folks in this room who have not been baptized. I am not singling anybody out. I don't want you to feel awkward. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. It's just the next step of where we are in talking about um, becoming a fully devoted Christ follower. Let me say this. Baptism's not a point of contention. It shouldn't be a point of contention. It's a point of creation. And so we're going to look at some things in the Bible today. You've got a handout with a bunch of scriptures on there. We're talking about next steps. <clears throat> wow, I went through a few pages there, so let me see where I am. <clears throat> let, let's, let's, let's go to the first question. So... I'm just going to ask some questions, and uh, if you want to scribble on the back, or if you don't want to scribble at all, if you want to go to sleep, or if you want to say, Richie, I want to pay attention, can you just email me your sermon? I'll send you my notes right here, word for word. Okay, so if if you want to scribble, fine, or if you want some notes. First question, what is baptism? Let me answer it this way. Baptism is a rite of passage. Baptism is a visible expression of your decision to follow Jesus. The Bible clearly teaches that baptism is the first step of obedience after you've accepted Christ and trusted Christ for your salvation. Now, do you remember the Passover feast in the Old Testament? If not, let me just go through it. There were ten plagues. And so God was going to send, the tenth plague was a death angel, but God said, if you'll put blood over your doorpost, then the death angel will pass over your house. And everybody who's in that house, the death angel would pass over. And that's why they celebrated the Passover feast. They remembered what God had done. Baptism is when God passes over your sins, my sins, because we've been marked with the blood of Jesus. Baptism is when you encounter the blood of Jesus. Next question. What's the purpose of baptism? I think that one's on your handout. Okay? Baptism is for the remission of sins. Those scriptures are listed there. It's the point our sins are washed away. It's a commandment. It's when we contact the blood of Jesus. It's when you enter the kingdom. It's when you're united with Christ and clothed with Christ. You become a child of God. It's a necessary response to the gospel of Christ. It's a reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And we're united with Christ. That's just some of the passages. I put those on the handout so that you could take those home. I'm just going through questions. Why should I be baptized? Let me give you three reasons. Number one, to follow the example of Christ. Our scripture reading today, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. 
I don't need another reason. If I want to become a fully devoted Christ follower, I'm going to follow what Jesus did. And if Jesus thought it was important, then it must be important. It was so important that Jesus walked 40 miles to be baptized. Number two, the second reason, because Jesus commanded it. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing them. It's a commandment. Number three, it demonstrates your obedience to Christ. We know that we've come to know Him if we obey His commands. Fully devoted Christ followers try their best to do what Christ commands. So that's why you should be baptized. Do we believe you need to be totally immersed in water? We do. We've got a baptistry up here. It's about three feet deep. That's deep enough so that you go down in the water. You're buried in the water. Like Paul says in Romans 6, you're buried in the water. We kill your old self. The old self has to die. We raise you up out of the water and you walk in newness of life. You're a new creation. Now, Jesus went down in the water and he was baptized and he came up out of the water. The very definition of the word baptism means to submerse or to immerse. And so, yes, we believe you need to be totally immersed. Is baptism a work? Yes, it is. It's the work of God, not you. Baptism is what God does in us. Baptism is not what we do. In essence, it sounds like, you know, here's what I did to be saved. No, baptism is a work of God. If you are on the performance plan, which a lot of people are on the performance plan. In other words, I'm going to try to do as many works as I can so that when I stand before God, I can say, hey, God, look at all the good works that I've done. If you're on the performance plan, then baptism is a work for you so that you can stand before God someday and say, hey, I was baptized. But baptism is not a work that you do. Baptism is a work that God does. Scripture tells us The moment we decide to follow Christ and put our trust in Him, the next step is baptism. That's why in Acts chapter 2, it says 3,000 people were baptized on that day. That was the next step. They repented. They said, what should we do? And they were told, repent and be baptized. Baptism is a faith response to the work God did on the cross. Now, I'm not going to argue with you over whether it's your work or God's work, because there's no argument. It's God's work In us, when you're baptized, when you go in these waters right here, and when we bury you, and when we raise you up, it's what God is doing in you. So it's God's work. Next question, why does your church put so much emphasis on baptism? Well, again, the Bible teaches baptism. God commands baptism. And so to be true to the Word of God, we teach baptism and we practice baptism. Next question. Do I have to be baptized to worship here? Quick answer, no. You don't have to be baptized to worship here. I'm not going to get a show of hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody. We've got folks in this audience, I'm just guessing, you, you, you weren't, um, you're not baptized. But you want to worship with us. You want us to be your church family. So we're glad you're here. And we're glad that you include us as a part of your faith journey, but you don't have to be baptized to worship here. Next question, do I have to be baptized in the church building? No. You say, well, Richie, that's a ridiculous question. Not when I was growing up. It wasn't even up for discussion. You 
had to be baptized in a church building. Let me say this. We've got some people probably here today who've been baptized in a lake, beautiful lake, just clear lake. We've got some people probably baptized in a dirty lake, dirty water. We've got some people baptized in warm water. We've got some people baptized in cold water. I've told you before, I, I, I tell people when we're back here, I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. The water's warm. And one time I got down in there, and it's like minus 30. <laughs> so that was a fast baptism. We've got folks baptized in swimming pools, in bathtubs, at church camp. It doesn't matter where you're baptized. Okay, so no, you don't have to be baptized in this church building. Do I have to be baptized on a Sunday morning? Well, that would scare me. So we have a lot of people baptized on Sunday afternoons and on Sunday nights and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can be baptized anytime you want. You don't have to be baptized in front of 400 people. If that's intimidating to you, then we don't want... We, we want to remove that scenario. You can just invite your family. You can do it whenever you want to. If you want to call one of the elders at 2 o'clock in the morning, they will... <laughs> During the day, the ministers are here. <laughs> at what age should a person be baptized? That's a great question. Parents, I'm sure you get that question. But there's not a scripture that says you're baptized at this age. When you turn X. Scripture doesn't say when you turn X. All right? Examples we have in scripture, most of the folks who were baptized were adults. They were old enough to believe and understand the true meaning of baptism and obedience and faith in Christ. Before a person is baptized, I think you need to have an understanding of sin because that's why you're being baptized. If you don't have an understanding of sin, I don't think you need to be baptized because you're okay. You're innocent. All right? Now, usually, usually, children who are five and six and seven maybe even 8, 9, and 10, don't have a grasp as to what baptism is or the atoning sacrifice of Jesus or being committed to Jesus or making Jesus your Lord and Savior and Master. Short answer, there's, there's not an age, okay? And I will say it's a decision parents have to make, not the preacher or the elders or the leadership. If a parent comes to me with a child... You pick the age and say, I want my child baptized now. I'm going to do it because the parents ask me to do it. I'll ask some questions, but I just want you to know there's not an age in the Bible. You need to have an understanding of what you're doing. If you don't understand what you're doing, then you're just going through the motions. Next question. When should I be baptized? <clears throat> not in reference to age. In reference to when should I be baptized? As soon as you've accepted Jesus and you trust in Him, and you realize, wow, I need a Savior, you should not delay. I wouldn't wait months. I wouldn't wait years. There's no reason to delay. The Bible teaches that baptism should follow your de decision to become a Christ follower. Do we baptize babies? There's no clear indication or evidence in Scripture that babies were ever baptized. They brought young children to Jesus, and he held them, and he talked to them, and he said, y'all need to be like young children, but Jesus didn't baptize babies. Baptism is a public profession of salvation. How can you publicly proclaim Jesus Christ when you can't speak? 
so we don't baptize babies. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm just saying that's how we understand it. Does it matter who baptizes me? No, it doesn't. When people come forward and say, I want to be baptized, my first question is, who do you want to have do it? If they want their dad to do it, that'd be great. Grandpa to do it, that'd be great. The person who's doing the baptizing, there's no magic in the person doing the baptizing. You have whoever you want to have to make that moment special to you. All right? It doesn't hurt my feelings if you say, you know, I really don't want you. If you want Bruce, if you want Brian, if you want Rodney, it doesn't hurt any of our feelings. We're excited that you want to be baptized. So no, it doesn't matter who baptizes you. What do I wear? You might think, well, why'd you put that question in there? Because that's probably one of the top questions we get. We've got designer um, camouflage. No. When we take folks back in this room, we've got a little changing room, and there's some clothes back there, and it would never hurt my feelings if anybody wanted to go back there and look and say, wow, we need new stuff. If you want to bring your own clothes, that's great. If you want to get your own stuff wet, we take you back there. You can take off your stuff to keep dry. We give you the stuff to get wet in. You can throw the wet stuff down. Somebody else is going to wash that. You bring, you use our stuff. If anybody wants to ever go back here and see what we use and say, wow, I can't believe we are in the 1970s. Okay, made that point. I lump a bunch of these together. What if I'm not sure what I believed when I was baptized? What if I was baptized as an infant? What if I was sprinkled? What if I was baptized in another church? Those are all great questions. Um, Here's what I tell folks. Listen, if you have doubts for whatever reason, you need to make things right with God. If any of these are giving you guilt, giving you doubts, causing you trouble, you're wondering about your salvation, you need to make things right with God. Because God says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So if you don't know, you need to make things right with God. If any of these are causing questions for you, then you can talk to any of our elders, you can talk to any of our ministers, you ought to be able to talk to anybody in this room to help you understand that, okay? We're not going to make you... Wait, let's go to the next question. Oh, great question. If I believe I'm saved based on a previous conversion experience somewhere else, do I have to be baptized again to make things right with your church? Do I have to be baptized in your church to worship here? Do I have to make things right with your church? So let me answer that. That's another great question. I've got people who come from other churches all the time that ask that. They want to worship with us, and they ask, well, do I have to do what your church says? So here's what I usually do. Here's what I do. You might do something different. I'll tell people, tell me about your conversion experience. And based on what they tell me, I might ask some questions for their benefit so that they are secure in their salvation. If I sense that they have any doubts, then I want to study. If I sense that they have any doubts, then I'll give them some scriptures. All right? But you don't have to be baptized here to make me happy or the elders happy or the leadership happy. You need to make God happy. When Jesus was baptized, God says, this is a voice from heaven. I'm guessing it was God. 
This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's what I want God to say about me. And when people are baptized, God says the same thing. I'm well pleased that you're doing the same thing that my son did. So, the short answer is, you don't have to do anything to make it right with our church. You need to make things right with God. Do I have to be baptized every time I sin? That's another top question. And sometimes you believe that, and sometimes people tell you that. The short answer is, when you're baptized, the blood of Jesus washes away all your sins of the past, and He's going to wash away the stuff you hadn't even done yet. So after you're baptized, you just pray for forgiveness. Having said that, I have re-baptized a lot of folks through the years. They had doubts. They weren't sure. We're back to the question. I'm not sure what I believed. Maybe I was too young. I don't know what was going through my head. And if you have any doubts, here's what I do. I tell people, you know what? Give it a week or give it two weeks and you pray and study. And if God hasn't given you or you haven't come to an answer within that period of time, I think you ought to be baptized again so that you have no doubts. Okay? But you don't have to be baptized every time you sin. If you did, we wouldn't have time to sing and pray and preach because we just have people lined up going... You understand what I'm saying? Is baptism essential for salvation? Do I have to be baptized to go to heaven? Pause for effect. It almost sounds like, those questions sound like, is baptism the only thing I have to do to be saved? Because some people believe if baptism is the only thing I have to do and get my ticket punched, I can go live any way I want to and say, hey, I was baptized. Do you really think God's going to accept that answer? Will everyone in heaven be baptized? Well, I guess I used to think that growing up. Because we're Church of Christ, and we believe in baptism, so the only people who are going to be in heaven are baptized believers. So I guess Moses and David and Abraham are out of luck. There'll be people from the Old Testament who are going to be in heaven. The thief on the cross wasn't baptized. We just said we don't think babies need to be baptized. They're innocent. We believe young children up to a certain age don't need to be baptized. I think there's people in this world with special needs that don't have a comprehension of some things like others do. I'm not sure they need to be baptized, and I'm not going to put them in the water to make me happy. I'm going to leave that up to God. And then there are all the hypotheticals. Well, what if I decide to be baptized, and I'm on the way to the church building, and I'm in a car wreck, and I die? Oh, don't act like you've never heard that. And then there's people on their deathbed making um, a confession of faith, unable to be baptized, and then they die. I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of situations in life that I don't know. And only the Lord knows who His are. But I'm going to tell you this. Why would you want to live your life based on hypotheticals when the Bible clearly teaches that you need to be baptized and I need to be baptized? Why would you want to live your life in a what-if scenario? So I'm going to answer the question. Is baptism essential for salvation? 
Baptism is when you contact the blood of Jesus. So I would say it's pretty essential. Because if I don't have the blood of Jesus, then I'm not righteous. And if I don't have the blood of Jesus, I can't stand right before God. Do I have to be baptized to get to heaven? All those other circumstances aside, all the other hypotheticals aside, if we don't believe that, then why are we teaching it? Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. And you teach them and you baptize them. So there's got to be some importance to that. Not going to all the world and do whatever you want. Going to all the world and teach them whatever you want. Going to all the world and you teach them about Jesus and you baptize them. If baptism is not... Um, let me say it this way. I've got to say something to irritate you. Baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. If baptism saves you, then we need to change the words of the song, Jesus saves to baptism saves. Now, here's what I mean by that. It's not the temperature of the water, and it's not what is said, and it's not what song we sing. And if dads are back here baptizing their children, I mean, any dads that have done that, I mean, you're, you're so overcome with emotion, you can't even speak intelligent words. And I tell dads, it's not what you say, it's what's in their heart. That's what saves you. Is Jesus, what He did at the cross, and what your heart believes about what Jesus did in the cross. This is water. This isn't cleansing water. It could be dirty water, like we said. The water is symbolic of a burial. We put you under, and we raise you up out. Because Jesus died and was buried, and He was raised. And we do the same thing through baptism. Baptism simply puts us in a faith relationship where God can start channeling His blessings through us. Baptism says, I'm under new management. One more question. What if I refuse to be baptized? That's a great question. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if you love Jesus, you ought to want to do what He says. Now... People who refuse to be baptized don't have a problem with baptism. I'm going to tell you they've got a problem with their heart. Because their heart says, Jesus, I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. So you have a choice. We all have a choice. You can acknowledge God today and confess Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. And, and you can be baptized. And it doesn't have to be today. Because Jesus calls us to be baptized. Again, baptism is not a point of contention. It's a point of creation. All right? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So we're going to offer the invitation. If you're not familiar with what we do, we offer an invitation. We sing an invitation song, and you can respond. You're not responding to this church. You're responding to Jesus Christ. You're not being baptized into this church, the Pine Tree Church. You're being baptized into the church of Christ, Christ's church. All right? It's not an invitation for you to join us. It's an invitation for you to join Jesus. It's an invitation for you to be one in union with Jesus. So that's why we offer an invitation. 
Other things happen at the invitation. We have people who respond and say, will you pray for me? Will you embrace me in prayer? Also, we've got our shepherds that meet at the back. And if you say, you know what, these 400 people, number one, they scare me, they intimidate me. Number two, I don't want them to know what I'm going through. That's cool. That's okay. You can share that with your small group or you can share that with our shepherds and they'll go to a room privately and embrace you in prayer. That's what happens at the invitation. But let me tell you this today. You want to know what saves you? You want to know what can wash your sins away today? You can't. You can't take enough showers. You can't take enough baths to scrub that sin off. But the blood of Jesus can. The blood of Jesus can wash your sins away. So if you want to be baptized today, if you want to take that next step to becoming a fully devoted Christ follower, then meet me down front and we will assist you as we stand and sing. What?